We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks upcoming matchup with the Orlando Magic. The final time the New York Knicks will be in the Sunshine State this season. And finishing up a back-to-back between uh, the Knicks and the two Florida basketball teams um i'm recording this it is here here's a little behind the scenes it is 151 a.m just finished up uh putting together the the post game pods that you're hopefully already listening to and uh now i get to preview the conversation i had before the knicks took on the heat and you're gonna hear it my conversation with jonathan osborne in the six of the six band show which is part of the blue wire podcast network we had his other half um luke earlier um, on in the season when the Knicks played the Magic. You're going to hear how concerned I was about this Miami Heat game. I got to say, my concern level had gotten to where John was Friday, uh, Monday night. Uh, and I I was obviously rewarded um, for, for that concern. Uh, man, was that a weird. It was only a seven-point game. Felt more like a butt whooping, especially on the defensive end. So, uh, we now are here to preview what is absolutely a must-win game for the New York Knicks, and I'm happy to report that every single time we have thought this thing is falling off the rails and uh, getting off the tracks, off whatever, off the bridge, whatever you think the Knicks are going to fall off of, um, every single time we've thought that fall is coming, they have answered. So, the Knicks are better than the Orlando Magic, um, as you're about to hear. A uh, lot of draft talk that's about to come from someone covering the Orlando Magic, as well as some some fun Orlando um, stuff the Magic Dragon has brought up at a certain point. Let's get to it. My conversation with Jonathan Osborne of The Sixth Man Show, which is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Enjoy. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School pregame show. With the Knicks in the state of Florida, the Sunshine State, for a couple of days, we will now look at the back-to-back after the Miami Heat game as they head to the Magic Kingdom. I, hold on, is the we're going to go off script? Is it still called the Magic Kingdom? The arena? No, it's a different arena now. It's Amway. 
It's, right? it's the it's Amway Center, yes, but uh, the magic of toyed around this season with like Kingdom on the Rise. That's been one oh. of like the, the the catch slogans this year. So I kind of like it, you know, uh, like our city edition jerseys this year kind of leaned heavily into like the medieval style font. You can see the the t shirt that I'm oh, wearing. Okay, some people yeah. find it kind of cheesy, but my theory is like. If you're not going to lean into like the the name Magic, then why are you called the Magic? You know what I mean. So I have a question for that later. So yeah. we'll get to that then. Um, but with the Knicks continuing their back to back in Florida, we welcome the other half of the Six Man Show, Jonathan Osborne of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and of course the Six Man Show now joins me here on the Knicks Film School Podcast. Jonathan, good to meet you, my friend. You too, bro. Thanks for having us. I know you had Luke on earlier in the season, so I'm excited to, to make my debut here and uh, mm. looking forward to, to talk some basketball with you. So full disclosure, and this should be obvious to those watching and listening, this is being recorded. It's about 6 p.m. on Wednesday. So I don't know what the Knicks record is going into this matchup against the Heat, against the Magic, the Heat's the Freudian slip, because the Knicks are about to play the Miami Heat. That also will determine the vibes for the Knicks going into this matchup against the Magic, because um, full disclosure, my uh, the John Macri, our co-host, and I throughout our Patreon pod, which covers the whole NBA, we've been respecting the Magic for a while now. Every time we check them out on lead on league pass they're in a close game what is it 25 and 28 since december 7th is the record they're in the top 15 of everything net rating uh, offense defense you name it so like i respect them and if they're heading into that game with the potential for three straight losses i would be much more concerned knowing that um, I ask now what it's like in Magic Land. Now, I'm, as we talked about with Luke, starting off the season five and twenty, to then getting a little more healthy and playing more up to the caliber that this team was probably able to play all season. How how are Magic fans feeling about where the team is right now? Is this season a success? Even if you don't make the play-in, are you still like holding out hope that we've got a, a nine ten game stretch that we can get into the play-in at least? I think most realistic. Magic fans have come to terms with the fact that they'll most likely miss the play-in. And I would say like 99.9% chance that they'll miss the play-in. That just became apparent after kind of the rough start that we had after the All-Star break. Mm. We talked on our show that we had 23 games after the All-Star break. The Magic probably needed to go somewhere around 15 and 8 or 14 and 9. Haven't come anywhere near that since the All-Star break. Uh, mm-hmm. More so sitting somewhere around 500, if I'm not mistaken, since the All-Star break. Um, but I think we're still in pretty high spirits. You know, we have our own pick. We have the Bulls pick. Whether or not they're going to you know, make the postseason and whether or not they're going to be a lottery team is you know, still up for discussion. They've got a number of games less, left themselves. Uh, as long as they don't jump up into the top four, the Magic will keep that pick. So this season for us was really about finding out who the core was quite Obviously, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner. You might be able to throw Markel Fultz in there, Wendell Carter Jr., you know, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. You know, they're they're definitely presenting their own arguments to be part of the Magic Core moving forward. But at five and twenty, you know, sitting there at the you know the end of November, beginning of December, whenever that was, it really felt like the season was going to completely be over. We had like a, a twelve game stretch 
where the Magic were going to play teams. This is at the end of November, beginning of December, mm-hmm. where at 12 straight games, they were going to be playing a playoff team every single night. And it felt like that was going to be the season. And with all the guys that were out at the time, uh, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter Jr., obviously Jonathan Isaac was still out at the time. And now he's out again, unfortunately. But we thought, okay, this team, best case scenario, if they go six and six or uh, four and eight miraculously somehow on this 12 game stretch, and they went six and six, part of that was like the six game win streak that we had. So, all of that to say, it's been an up and down season. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. But with nine games to go, if the Magic made the play in, great. If not, you're probably getting two, you know, top 10 ish lottery picks and just to continue to add to this young core. So let's say they go, I'll just throw a number out there. You could adjust it to more or but worse if you'd like. But let's say they go four and five the rest of the season. That's a 34-win season with arguably your best player on little Franz is a, a, probably a, a, a more experienced as a result. Um, your, your core being very young. And as Chalk right now on Tankathon, you'd have the fourth pick if... Again, the lottery just broke the exact same way it is by record right now. And the Bulls, as you mentioned, are the ninth pick in the draft right now. They have the ninth best lottery odds. We'll see what happens if they make the play in and then, you know, that pick changes. But um, I imagine there must be some, excuse me, the fifth pick is where the magic are. I'm now staring at the other Thompson brothers. That's what he's going to to Charlotte. Um, Point being two top 10 picks. This core that just got you to 34 wins that's really young. The optimism has to be there in, in Magic Kingdom, no? Oh, absolutely. That's you know, we're really excited about that. We hosted a, a draft lottery watch party the last couple of seasons. Last year was absolutely crazy, you know, getting the number one overall pick. So we're kind of in the early stages of planning that now. That's really where our, our thinking has shifted from, all right, let's be respectable these last nine games. You don't want to get blown out, but the results of these games don't necessarily matter. Now we're like, all right, can we recreate the, no pun intended, but can we recreate the magic of last <laughs> year's draft lottery? You go back to 1992, magic number one overall pick, they end up with Shaq. The next year, I think they had like a 1% chance to end up with the number one overall pick. They had the worst lottery odds available. Exactly. Exactly. So it's happened before. You know, maybe history can repeat itself a little bit. But absolutely, Andrew, you know, we're really looking forward to we don't know where those picks are going to fall. But by all accounts, you know, this is a pretty loaded draft. And we're just really excited about adding potentially two more high quality, you know, young players to this roster. And uh, then it's just kind of who is going to rise to the top. You know, we know Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner are, are going to be there, but we, you know, we don't have to talk about our guard situation. But we have a, a a ton of guards right now, and we're trying to figure out you know who is going to be there long term. And you know, adding two talented young players to this team would just uh, add to the excitement. I think. So then, not to turn this into a draft podcast, but. Like, who are you looking at in the draft? If you have started doing some draft prep for next season, like what position? Well, more specifically, what position? But if there's a player that you're eyeing that you think would be great to add to this young core, who would it be? I think the only two guys on the roster that are like you're you're not going to draft their position is going to be Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. Those guys, mm-hmm. I think everyone's pretty confident that they're set in stone where they're at. Uh, you're not going to draft somebody to try to come in and compete with those guys or, or potentially replace them. So that really 
Paolo is you know like a, a four, maybe a small ball five in some situations. Franz, Franz is really a three, uh, but uh, again has a lot of uh, you know positional versatility, and that's one of the hallmarks of this front office has been positionless basketball. So not so much worried about the the positions, but uh, I mean it, it, you go through this draft. Obviously, the prize at the top, Victor Wembanyama. As much as we love Wendell Carter Jr. You don't you don't not draft Victor Wembanyama because you have <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. You don't right. not draft Scoot Henderson because you have you know Cole Anthony or, or Jalen Suggs on the roster or, or one of these other guys. Brandon Miller is up at the top of the draft as well. Uh, and another guy that you know Magic fans have, have kind of fallen in love with over the college basketball season because for so long we've needed a guy that can really shoot the ball and all of the you know the name jokes that would come come with it would be Grady Dick. That's a guy who oh, uh, anytime you talk about <laughs> Of the draft, Grady Dick is a guy that gets brought up for the Magic. So he would be a guy that we would probably be looking at if we keep the Bulls pick. Uh, probably not towards the top of the draft where we should be drafting, but I think that's something that Magic definitely need to address either in free agency or preferably the draft. The Magic definitely needs shooting. So if I'm looking at like the Magic end up with Brandon Miller and Grady Dick, you know, in some kind of lucky universe, that would be a, a home run of a draft for them, I think. But we're really just going to have to wait and see how it all shakes out with the draft lottery. So follow up to something you just said, if they keep the pick, do you foresee the magic doing something with that second bulls pick? No, it's just, you know, if the bulls don't actually make the postseason, and oh, they so if jump they up jump into the top into the, four, then I we lose the pick. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, to your question, I, I think that's a fair question. You know, do the magic, all of this youth on the roster, do they want to bring in two more picks mm. or if they're, if they end up with like, you know, six and 10, is there a guy in like the three to four range that maybe they're going to, you know, package a young player in one of those picks or both of those picks to try to move up. I, I think a, a pick in a young player is more likely than both of those picks to move up. But I mean, the magic to their credit have done a good job over the past few years, just kind of accumulating assets, accumulating draft capital, so, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to trade down from one or two, maybe even three. Now that Brandon Miller has kind of jumped into that discussion as possibly the second best prospect in this draft. But if there's a guy at, you know, four or five that you really want and you want to trade up and, and take a big swing, the Magic taking Franz at eight a couple of years ago, I've learned not to question what this, uh, what this front office does all the time. So mm. I'll be pretty confident with whatever they decide come draft night. Is that a common thing among Magic fans that they don't question what the front office does? It's not that I, I guess it's not we don't question what the front office does. They haven't. Not everything's a hit. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Obviously, you're going to miss on, on on certain things, right? Uh, like if if we take a look at Mo Bamba, which was the second draft pick, uh, second first round draft pick that this front office made. They traded away him him away at the deadline for essentially nothing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cap space, and they ended up waving Patrick Beverly. So that was a miss. But compared to our previous regime, who were just completely incompetent, until the front office really burns us, we've learned to to trust them for the most part and kind of see things through. I don't think Magic fans are going to jump to so many conclusions on draft night as maybe as we did with the Franz Wagner pick. I think that pick, uh, you know built them up a lot of uh, brownie points, so to speak, with the fan base. It's interesting because, full disclosure, we were the opposite here in New York. We question everything <laughs> that gets done, whether you're a Fair player, enough. whether you're a coach, whether you're a uh, front office executive. And it's funny, 
all of that agita that we've we've given those in charge of this basketball team and look where they are you know right. well, again well i full disclosure Knicks fans I'm recording this before the heat game. So it all could be in the midst of crashing down as you're listening to this. But I personally uh, can already call this season a success. Um, as far as, you know, just to, to wrap up some like magic talk, um, as far as this season is concerned, you'd call this season a success, right? Like the like 30 plus wins. If you're headed that direction and like the progress you've seen from Paolo, I I love Paolo's game. So I, I know the comps have already been made to some some mellow out there. And Carmelo Anthony is one of my favorite players that I've ever watched. And his ability to get to the line at just kind of a relentless pace is, is pretty fascinating already. Yeah, that's something that we've been paying attention to really all season because at the the start of the year, I think he was like top 10 in, in free throw rate and mm-hmm. um, really has just kept that pace all season long. I don't know exactly where he is now, but I'm sure he's, you know, top 15, top 20 pretty easily. Paolo has been everything that you hope you're getting with the number one overall pick, especially for us. There was so much uncertainty around, you know, pre the pre-draft process last year. Paolo's, you know, he's not working out for the team. There was rumors that Jabari Smith Jr. had like a two and a half hour workout with the Magic, which is you know, pretty uncommon for pre-draft workouts. Obviously, the questions about Chet Holmgren and then the whole pre-draft process. It's, oh, the Magic are you know, drafting Jabari Smith Jr. And then 10 minutes before the draft, it shifts to Paolo. So all that uncertainty, the night of the draft, you're like, well, I just hope they made the right pick. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, now we haven't seen Chet Holmgren yet, but the Magic made the right pick with Paolo Bancaro in. The way this season started, you know, five and twenty. Our hopes, even going back to the preseason, was that the Magic would at least be in contention for a play-in spot towards the end of the year. Now, the last couple of weeks, they've kind of fallen out of that. But for a fan base that usually by you know the middle or the end of February, the season is very much over, and we're already looking at you know college prospect highlights and running tankathon once a day to to see what our <laughs> odds look like. Mm. It's a breath of fresh air to you know now still be in March and the games still mean something. Again, you are most likely not making the play in, but you're not out of it until you're out of it. So to start the season five and twenty, all of the injuries that you had, you come away from this season with two surefire you know cornerstones of your franchise in Franz and in Paolo, and then you know come within a, a stone's reach of a stone's throw reach of the play in. I, I don't know as a Magic fan how you could say that this was not a successful season. And look, I can I could say this as somebody who two years ago, uh, three years ago, the Knicks were, I think twenty and forty five was the pandemic shortened season. That's coming off of a uh, seventeen and sixty five season where they ended up with R.J. Barrett and not Zion, Kyrie, and Katie. Um, it could turn around quick with the right with the right crew running the show, and then with the right players that you bring in. And uh, look, I like. I envy the the optimism, but I also like can appreciate being on the other side of being optimistic. You know, like the Knicks have actually rewarded us this season for any about any of us that were optimistic about this season. So I'm listen. I as I mentioned, I've, I'm a big fan of uh, even if it's just as like an intriguing like what could be, you know, from the from the magic on on League Pass. Some questions about the franchise because I, I started to get into this with Luke a little bit. And I had no idea that the reason that it's called the sixth man is because like, that's what they call a fan base, but it's the only number that is retired is the sixth man. So where do you stand on this? Are you like, like dying for them to put a couple numbers up into the rafters in Amway? 
I could go through a handful, really. I mean, first okay. of all, I love the fact that, you know, six is is retired. I, I'm sure you saw the the ESPN article, you know, a couple of weeks back that had like Bronny James being mocked, you know, to the magic and then mm-hmm. potentially LeBron James coming. And we were like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. They're not unretiring six <laughs> for LeBron. Like we would lose the name of our show. Potentially. Hold on, we need to go re- relitigate this. So they wouldn't ret- unretire six. Is it that sacred? If LeBron James? Oh, I have no come? idea. We, okay. we were we were joking internally. You know, myself, okay, our, our okay. producer, and and some of our other you know guys on staff. We we would hope that that would not be the case. You know, if mm-hmm. he was dead set on wearing six, LeBron James is coming to your franchise. Who knows? Listen, I'm kind of going through that. We right. hope they wouldn't. I'm kind of going through that right now. Thankfully, Joe Namath has already given his blessing, but I'm a Jets fan and they're apparently about to get Aaron Rodgers, who wears number 12, who Joe Namath has already said, I will like forfeit my number 12, bring it down from the rafter. Something that was retired almost 40 years ago um, in order to give him that uniform number. So it's, I, I would hope that the magic would do the same thing with the number six. You, you can, especially if this scenario where LeBron ends up in Orlando, you know? Right. Yeah. Who knows? Most likely not going to happen. I mean, we could we could argue whether or not Bronny really is a top six top six prospect, you know, in, in next year's draft. But in terms of like us retiring our own, you know, player jerseys, first of all, you know, Nick Anderson, people love to go back to the 95 mm. finals. He misses the four free throws game goes into overtime. The magic gets swept in the finals. But for a guy who is your franchise leader in games played, I hate that that is the lasting mm. memory of Nick Anderson. And he means so much more to the franchise to that. He was such a, a better player than what is reflected in those, you know, four free throws. And I hate that that's really become his legacy. So I would love to see Nick Anderson's Jersey being retired. Obviously Shaquille O'Neal, Orlando, forget about the franchise. Orlando isn't the city that it is now without Shaquille O'Neal. He meant so much, uh, you know, to the, to the downtown area, obviously, Right. You talk about Penny Hardaway. You talk about Tracy McGrady. They both wore number one. Well, who cares? Put both of the jerseys in the rafters. I really don't care. And then uh, even even Nikola Vucevic, you know, our all time leader in, in field goals made, played here for nine seasons. Uh, you know, two time All Star. Guys that play for your franchise for that long and and mean what a guy like Nikola Vucevic meant to you know the Orlando community. Y- you should honor those guys and, and and immortalize them by, you know, putting the, the Jersey in the rafters opposing fans, you know, come to your, your city. They're, they're not looking on, you know, the concourse where we have the Orlando magic hall of fame. A mm. Nick fan comes to the Amway center. They don't give a crap about the Orlando magic hall of fame when they're sitting in their seats and they look up and they can see a Jersey retired. That tells you what a, what a guy meant to a, to a franchise, what he meant to a fan base. So we, we need to retire those jerseys yesterday, in my opinion. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan or veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first buy. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It's so funny you you mentioned the, the visiting player coming to an arena way back in like 2011, 2012. Um, I was dating a Canadian at the time and we went to a Raptors game and I, honestly, just as like a novice hockey fan, that's A, the first time I figured out how dominant the Maple Leafs were because they had like all these banners hanging up, or, up yeah. in the, in the ceiling, but um, not many, not many jerseys retired because they were a young franchise. And like, obviously like a Lowry Jersey 
really should be a Vince Carter jersey should eventually make its way up there. But the concourse had like all of these like playoff moments. And I noticed it as like a, a hardcore basketball fan. But she was like, oh, so who's that? And the funny thing is the first real playoff moment for the Raptors is a first round. Their first ever playoff series win was against the Knicks in 2001. So I'm like, oh, that's that's of course. Antonio Davis celebrating next to Charles Oakley. Great. I, I Well, not Charles Oakley. That's a might actually be Oakley in a Raptors uniform celebrating right. next to Latrell Sprewell. I digress. Um, this actually does lead into uh, another not question, but um, conversation I wanted to have with you because when Luke came on and we talked, we previewed the last game, obviously the Knicks were able to do a four, have a really good fourth quarter and come back late. Really great execution down the stretch. Yeah, Jalen well. Brunson destroyed us. That's been the formula this year. When yeah. clutch, crunch time comes up, Jalen Brunson takes over and it makes everything easier for everybody else. Um, I did watch your video in which you pleaded with season ticket holders not to give tickets to out-of-town fans. Yep. Is that an issue normally or is it specifically an issue when the Knicks come into town? It's it's big market teams. It's okay. the Lakers. It's the Warriors. It's the Celtics. It's the Knicks. It's even the Heat, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, so many you know people from Orlando or mm. everybody's usually from somewhere else. Um, you know, amongst the fan base, you know, sometimes you're a little bit hard pressed to find folks who are you know from Orlando, and especially in a season like this when there's been so much losing. Like on a Wednesday night, do you want to go and and watch the Magic play the Knicks, or do you want to you know double the money that you spent on you know a, a ticket that you bought with your your season ticket package? And it's it's just really. I got to tell you, last year, the home opener, we played the Knicks at home. And mm-hmm. that was the most miserable game that I've ever been to as a Magic fan because mm-hmm. we actually sat uh, underneath, well, n- near the basket where the Knicks uh, bench was. So tons of Knicks fans over there. And hearing those chants, uh, just honestly miserable. No offense to you know present company here. Oh, no, we, we travel but, uh, well. I get it. I just absolutely. That was the first time I uh, like empathized with like, oh, like we do kind of do that on the road, you know? Yeah, I mean, so. hey, you know, it's a very popular, you know, franchise. I'm a, I'm actually a New York Giants fan. I was born in New Jersey. I was Ooh. born in Hackensack. So, okay, um, you know, whenever the the Giants come down here to Tampa to take on the Bucks, I'm at Raymond James with a, a ton of other, you know, Giants fans, bleeding blue, and I, I understand. You know, it's exciting. You know, you're like, oh, we're we're kind of taking over this place. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. to the to the fans credit for the most part, this year has been a lot different than the previous 10 years. Getting Paolo Bancaro, having Franz Wagner, having some hope, you know, in the franchise has gone a long way. Like our season home opener this year was against the Boston Celtics. And for the most part, you know, that was a, a close game in Magic fans. Whenever the Celtics chance kind of started, Magic fans were kind of able to drown those out. But mm. unfortunately, not those let's go Knicks chance. There's, it's the reality, and I'm sure you already know this. Like, I mean, I don't know what age you moved down to Florida, but I've been um, here basically my whole life. So your whole life. So yeah, there's a lot of us in the Northeast that have oh, yeah. migrated south. So well, my parents did it, so I, I get it. So you get it, and as a result, Magic games, Atlanta Hawks games, Charlotte Hornets games, and like the the last time the Knicks were in Miami, the Julius Randle shot at the near buzzer that turned into MSG South, basically. So. Like Knicks fans travel well. We also are everywhere. So it comes with the territory. Um, I will say 
the more exciting a, a team is, which uh, might be more more successful a team is, is when you really start to see. Like I, I admired last year the Pelicans in that first round. How much of a home court advantage that seemed to be in those three games against the uh, Suns in that first round series, and it was like, oh well, all we've all we've ever heard is how not a basketball market New Orleans is, and then lo and behold, a first round playoff matchup, and this looks like a raucous place to play. We heard that about OKC those first few years when they moved from Seattle. And then by the time Durant and uh, Russ and Harden were starting to ascend, you saw the advantage and you're starting to see it again now. So look, I, I, I imagine in the not too distant future, especially if you get some lottery luck this year, um, it'll be impossible to, to hear a Knicks fan in Orlando. Um, one thing I will say, and I may owe you an apology on behalf of Knicks Film School and on behalf of uh, those of us that were ignorant when we were watching the Magic game on playback. Um, so stuff the Magic Dragon. Um, we had no idea that he existed. And uh, we have like a running running bit on on our show of, uh, of our, our lead guy, John Macri, uh, hates fun. And so we were watching him do the the flip off of the ladder onto a Knicks box. And I immediately loved it because I, I like those in inner in-game entertainments. Um, and what I was met with when you guys quote tweeted my our reaction on playback was you don't understand, he's a big deal. So to the uneducated Knicks fan out there that doesn't know how important uh, and I guess how much of a big deal stuff the magic dragon is, can you please enlighten us? Well, so first of all, he's a multi-time NBA mascot of the year. So oh, excuse we're, me. We're not just we're not just saying this. Like <laughs> I gotta he's use been voted title. the best mascot, you know, in the NBA okay. multiple times. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we we love stuff for you know the the in-game antics, you know, dancing with security guards, you know, obviously taking photos with kids and and stuff like that. But some of the stuff that the dude does, like what you're describing, is it, it wasn't any ladder. It's like a twenty-foot ladder that stuff climbs up and then does mm-hmm. a backflip off of onto a box that has the opposing team's logo for that night. Yes. Obviously it's on top of a mat, uh, but he does that. He does this thing where again, he climbs up that 20 foot ladder near uh, one of the baskets and he does a backflip off the ladder and dunks the ball in the rim as he's on mm-hmm. his way down. There's this other gadget that they have him stand on. It's just like a platform and they obviously sh- strap like a harnet around his waist and he goes up with probably like 40 feet in the air and waving like a huge, you know, flag, you know, around to try to get everybody excited. So, yeah, stuff is a lot of fun, you know, especially <laughs> for the kids. I brought my daughter to a, to a magic game right before Christmas and I was able to, you know, work it out so that he came to our seats and, and met her. And it, it was awesome. I mean, he comes out to, you know, watch parties and meets, you know, tons of fans and everything. And obviously, you know, the 2016 dunk contest with Aaron Gordon. Uh, that probably doesn't happen without without stuff. So uh, it was a ton of fun, and and yeah, we we love stuff in Orlando. So as someone who I'm a Mets fan, and I can be very protective of Mr. Met um, and of our team mascot, uh, I will do my best to not because I'm about to go. Well, okay, so tomorrow we're not watching the game on playback, but anytime someone talks about stuff in some type of way, I will. Uh, hey, respect respect royalty. That's you know the when you when NBA you get the mascot to see of the year, it. let them know exactly exactly. Um, one Orlando question before I ask you a, a last question about the game. Um, so you you mentioned at the top if you're if you're named the Magic and you don't lean into it, like what's the whole point of being the Magic? And 
like, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but it, it it's something that at least interests me. I hope it interests my listeners and, and watchers as well. But like Disney's right there. And when they started putting logos on the jerseys, that wasn't their initial sponsor, Disney. Yeah, it still is Disney. It Disney still is still the sponsor of the so magic. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not like clued in, but how like are there Disney themed nights? Is there an Avengers night at, at Amway? Are there like all the things that Disney owns? I imagine it'd be like very easy to plan 41 nights of themes, you know? So we have we have a, a Star Wars night. Okay, uh, good. No, no Avengers theme, but like Disney isn't really as like included as a lot of people think. Like Disney isn't even actually in Orlando. It's just like it's within, you know, ah. spitting distance. Essentially, it's like you know, 20, 30 minutes outside of Orlando. Um, so obviously, you know, people think of Orlando. They always you know think of, of Disney, you know, Disney, Walt Disney World Resort, Orlando, whatever. Uh, but yeah, you got to drive outside of Orlando, you know, quite a bit to, to actually get to Disney. But um, yeah, I mean, the the Magic Kingdom thing like this, the, the shirt that I'm wearing right now is like essentially looks like Cinderella's castle, you know, at Magic Kingdom, essentially. And uh, some people are kind of turned off by that. But again, I'm like, our name is the magic. What do you mm. want them to do? Like you, you need to le- lean into the, you know, Disney magic, you know, sorcery kind of stuff. I still can't believe that the NBA brought in an expansion team called the Orlando magic and then let the bullets change their name to the wizards. It's like, well, yeah. w- wait a minute, what are we doing here? <laughs> because the early days of the Orlando magic you, p- during pregame, you know, they have this awesome Orlando magic theme song. If you haven't seen this, even if you're not a magic fan, go to YouTube and, and look up like the original Orlando magic intro way back in the day. They had a, a wizard that would come up on the video board and he went through this, whole spiel and then they would start the Orlando Magic theme song. It was a lot of fun in my opinion. But yeah, if, if you're the Magic, embrace the Magic or change your freaking name. Is that the thing that you guys play on the on the Twitter account after wins? Yes, it okay. is. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, there's, there's I, I've come to find throughout this project, well not project, but like of this show of getting to to learn more about other teams that like there's a lot of theme songs. I thought like the Knicks had the Go New York, Go New York, Go and I guess because I grew up with it, I thought it was the like the best and only one. Shout out being a a, a centric New Yorker. Um, having said that, uh, finding out like the Miami Heat one, like the feel the heat down in your soul, like that one. Yeah, I didn't I didn't exists. know that that existed until so, right now. There you go. Like I didn't even realize. Like just looking for theme songs, the San Diego Superchargers one from the '90s is actually like a bop. And so I'm, I, I, that's the, that's the one I'll send people to go check out. Okay. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um, okay. So this match, so that's so the chargers used to be the superchargers. Yes. They, I didn't San, know that at all. I'm telling you the San Diego superchargers theme. You're going to hear it once and be like, Oh, this is, this is actually like, I want to listen to this again. You will hit, okay. you will hit play more than once. And how old's your daughter? She is, how old is she now? She's four and she four? loves the Orlando magic theme song. Like she'll okay. walk around her house, Orlando magic. Or so all the time. I'm warning you, it's an earworm. So she might play the, right. the Chargers theme song once, and then you're just hearing the San Diego Superchargers. I'm telling you, this is <laughs> so random that this came up on an Orlando Magic preview. But I just every time I've listened to it, it's like, oh no, it's in my head for the rest of the day. All right. So that's that's I'll my 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 two my random two cents uh, for this episode. Um, before I let you go, I want to preview at least this matchup against the Knicks and get your perspective on what the Knicks have done this season. I like getting the outside perspective and it's not just like, oh, the Knicks rule because that's what we think. We're Knicks fans. So 40, as of now, 42 and 31, about to stick on the Miami Heat fifth in the Eastern Conference. 
They have an all NBA candidate, the sixth man of the year front runner. Um, how do you view what the Knicks have done this season? I think it's pretty impressive. I mean, today, as we're recording this on, on Wednesday, one of the pieces of like the NBA news cycle today is everybody talking about how wrong they were about Jalen Brunson and mm-hmm. myself included. You know, I saw the Knicks sign him to that big contract. I was like, I mean, really for a guy who you know played really well in Dallas, but has he proven to be that good? I wasn't really sure. And maybe he's now a little bit underpaid. I mean, he's been fantastic all season. We got to see that, you know, firsthand the last time that we played the Knicks on February 7th. I think it was like 10 points in the fourth quarter, just really took that game over and and, and put it out of reach. So it's been really impressive. I mean, I I don't hate the Knicks, you know. I'm a I'm a Giants fan, so I understand kind of like the New York media. I know how New York fans can be, you know. I know you're a Jets fan, you're a Mets mm-hmm. fan. I also like the Yankees, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of understand like the the New York sports culture. So maybe it doesn't bother me as much as it does some other people. Now the Let's Go Knicks and Amway that I would could go the rest of my life without, without hearing yeah. that, and it would be too <laughs> soon. But um. No, I was happy for the Knicks a couple of seasons ago when you guys had that kind of unexpected run to the the playoffs and that big playoff series against the Hawks. And I thought you guys were just going to continue to improve, which wasn't really the case right away. But I think with a guy like Jalen Brunson, it's exactly what you guys needed. And, uh, you know, I'm a I'm still an Evan Fournier fan. I know he doesn't mm. play that much, you know, these days for the, the Knicks. I think his playing time kind of comes in and goes, you know, under tips uh, there, but um, so it went, unfortunately <laughs> it came and that? went, it came and went, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anytime one of my guys is playing for other teams, I still root for them. You know, I like to see the bulls do well, although not that well, because we have their draft pick this year with Nikola Vucevic uh, this postseason. I'll be rooting for the Suns, who have my guy, Terrence Ross now. So, uh, but no, really impressed with what the Knicks have done this year. And yeah, I wish you guys all the, the best of luck in the playoffs. So f- one follow-up. You said you root for your guys. Is Alfred Payton one of your guys? Alfred Payton is not one of my guys. Okay. No, that was <laughs> he was not here long enough, unfortunately, and wasn't quite good enough for me okay, to like good. really gravitate to. I for a while there, I was like, man, this kid is gonna be like the next yo, know, Drew Holiday. Like he was mm. a rookie and was just like this defensive pit bull. And then almost like instantly, like the very next season, he's just like a cone defensively turned into for us. And then, uh, you know, kind of got into it with our next head coach, Scott Skiles and Scott Skiles tried to quit in the middle of the season. And Alfred Payton was very famous for getting late season triple doubles. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he is the franchise record holder for triple doubles. I could be really? wrong about that, but I'm almost positive. It's Alfred Payton. If not, he's, he's definitely up there because come February, March, it's just like, Every other week, Alfred Payton was getting a triple double, you know. So, Alfred Payton, no, is is not one of my guys, unfortunately. But I don't have any ill feelings towards Alfred Payton. Well, uh, Jonathan, I I've been watching this Knicks team since since the late nineties. I've never seen a player more hated than Alfred Payton. That's really the week here season two wow. years ago. Tibbs, and it's like. I think he was just himself. Like he was playing to the best of his ability. And for some reason, they had other options available. Manuel quickly looked great as a backup, as like a backup wing that could have potentially started. Derrick Rose was the de facto starter, but Tibbs just the entire season would start Alfred Payton at the starting point guard. And the first six, seven minutes of the game, the first six, seven minutes of the third quarter were miserable because Tibbs just refused 
to sit him or make a lineup adjustment. And look, he, he Tibbs used to say like, I like his, his on ball defense. And then we'd be like, all right, well, Kyrie just scored 40 tonight. So yeah. what, what on ball defense are you talking about in particular? I thought it, at a certain point I had to like humanize him a bit and be like, all right, like, He's, he's just really bad at basketball. Like I, this has gotten to a, a vicious level. And yet, like I felt the same frustrations every time Like guy was not, a, couldn't spread the floor. Wasn't exactly someone that finished at the rim as, as a Knicks team that likes to drive a ton. And yeah, I, I, I've never seen anything like that. It's funny. The next season he was gone and the scapegoat was gone. And it was like, all right, well now who are we mad at? And it was mad at Tibbs, mad at Randall, mad at Fournier, mad at RJ for a stretch. Yeah. And that's why this season's been so weird because we've we've been so ready to direct that that vitriol at something, but everything's positive, and so we've <laughs> had to learn how to be happy to an extent. Um, all right, so this matchup is I, I I it's technically a must win mathematically for the Magic, but it's really a must win depending on what happens with the the Heat game tonight. Um, what are you expecting as far as this game is concerned? I should ask. Like, there's no. There's no Fugazi like tanking potential for this matchup, right? You don't see the magic potentially sitting guys because we're this late in the season. I don't think so. I would be pretty surprised to be honest, just because that would be really sending the wrong message to this team who okay, good. for the last few months you've been telling like, Hey, we're making a push for the plane. You're making a push for the plane. You're making a push. You're not mathematically eliminated yet. So what are you sitting guys for? What are you tanking for? Sure. It's statistically very unlikely but I think that would be sending the wrong message to the team. So no, I don't, I don't foresee there being any kind of tanking, uh, even if they were mathematically eliminated, I want to see this team continue to improve the next nine games here and carry some, you know, forward momentum. Like if the magic, you know, get a little bit crazy and go on like a six game winning streak to end the season, all of a sudden your, your, your spirits are going to be much higher than they would have been. You're really not going to hurt your lottery odds at that point. You might go from, five to six, which I believe is like a 10 and a half percent chance. You go down to like a nine and a half percent chance. So I'm not really losing sleep over it, mm. but no, I don't, I don't expect this to, you know, to be a, a tanking game by any means. I expect the magic to come out and uh, attempt to play magic basketball. You know, they're going to uh, try to defend at a high level, get into the basketball, move the ball offensively, get into the paint, uh, you know, uh, hopefully knock down some threes. They had a pretty good shooting night last night. Um, you know, and, and their win over the Washington Wizards. So I'm expecting, you know, a, a close game. The first two, you know, games between the the Magic and the Knicks have been relatively close. The second one, you know, more so. I actually wanted to ask you a question. You know, the way yeah, that sure. that last game ended uh, in February, you know, the Knicks were up three with, you know, uh, somewhere around like 30, 40 seconds to go. And Tibbs decides to foul the Magic up three. There's a small contingent of Magic fans because that's happened to us a few times this year because. At that point, you're really not giving the team a chance to come back. And it's it's tactically, it's very smart. But some people are like, oh, we need to implement some kind of rule to get rid of this. Ooh. I would love to hear your thoughts on it because I, I just don't think it's feasible to you know rule that part of the game out of the game. How so, are you going to you know penalize a team that is leading? Because the team that's trailing with 30 seconds to go, they need to foul. They need to foul in the backcourt to stop the clock and try to get the ball back. How are you not going to let the other team do that just because they have the lead? So in my opinion, you don't like it. Don't lose. Well, that's the other. That would be my response. If you're 
if you don't want to like don't be down three in that spot. Exactly. And look, the the reality of it is the Knicks have been burned a lot this year, which is why I think Tibbs resorted to it. Like the Knicks had didn't have Josh Hart yet, and they had been burned a few times on like honestly, days earlier, if I remember right, Nick Batum hit a three pointer to send the game into overtime. And it's what cost the Knicks a win that night. They were up three with seconds remaining and the opportunity to foul up three. Now, they Knicks had a foul to give, so it would have created an ATO, which I was actually okay with them not fouling in that spot. In general, and more specifically because of how, I don't want to say poor the Knicks perimeter defense is, but like at times can be. I'm usually in that spot. And look, to the Magic fans that were against that, the Knicks are one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the NBA. You wanted this to become a free throw shooting game down the stretch. So if we get to that spot on, on uh, Thursday night and the Knicks are up three and they're fouling, you're going to have to then be, you're, you're going to be okay. But like even Jalen Brunson to an extent has missed some big free throws down the stretch. Julius Randle is actually like on a heater right now with his free throws. And as I say that he's going to miss two big ones against the heat and to miss two big ones against the magic um, in general. I think it's situational, but I think I I am for the do, using the strategy to the best of your ability. You know, yeah, and I just don't think it's something that you can get rid of. You know, with a rule change, it just it is what it is. It's maybe not the most sexy part of the game, but mm-hmm. again, if you don't like it, don't be down three. As a matter of fact, the Magic weren't even down three in that game; they were down two mm-hmm. or or down one and missed a free throw, and then they had to foul the Knicks and to put the Knicks up by three. So you don't like it, don't be down. Just kind of make your free throws. Yeah, that I, I agree. I will say to throw those Magic fans a bone, I do get kind of frustrated with the free throw off that the end of games become. It's why I kind of dig the Elon scoring that happens in the All-Star game when when there's drama to it. Um, I forget who had said it. I was listening to a podcast once that was talking about the Elon scoring, and it's like every other, like every pickup game in the world is to a point like it's first to 11 first to 16 first to 21 and then in college and the pros and in high school it's a timed game you know so if we wanted to make every other basketball game in the world the standard and play to a number you could and it might actually make some make it a little more interesting um i worry about the two hour fourth quarter because a team just will not give up that last point game, you know? So um, maybe it's a too radical a change, but I do empathize with the uh, frustrations having to watch free throws down the stretch. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me tonight on the Knicks Film School pregame show. Before you go, please tell everybody where they could find you and the Sixth Man Show. Yeah, I actually wanted to mention this at the top of the show. First of all, I just want to pass you know our condolences along to oh, you yeah. and the, the Knicks community and Knicks fans for the, the passing of Willis Reed. You know, absolute NBA legend. Um, I know you know you, you've got some folks hurting over there, so wanted to send our condolences. Thank uh, you. But you can, yeah, absolutely. You can find us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all over the place at Six Man Show, YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all that kind of good stuff, man. And uh, really appreciate your time. Thanks for having us on. It was good talking with you. Absolutely. Look forward to doing it next season. And I, I don't. Wish you luck in the game on Thursday night. I wish you likewise like, like good health and, and an enjoyable watching experience. Um, unfortunately, that kind of goes across the board too, as a Jets and a Mets fan too. Like I don't, yeah. Although I don't hate the Giants. I don't know if you have, if you hate the Jets or if that that's a rivalry you take take true. But like the Giants are my heroes. 
You know, they beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. They're the reason I like you lost to Eli twice. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing is that, Patriots? You know, so I'm able to look at There's it. There's nothing, way. nothing wrong with losing to Eli Manning, baby. That's I, yeah, my you're right. My bad. I forgot. I, I forgot. love Eli. I'll never say a bad word about Eli, but no, uh, Jets don't bother me. It's just so funny. Like it, the opposite. I know you may not hate the Giants, but I know a lot of Jets fans that. Like you know the the signing of Daniel Jones's contract, we don't have to get into that, but you mm-hmm. know making fun of that, um, you know Mets, you know it's kind of goes back and forth. It, it's more the the Mets fans in my life that give me grief as a Yankees fan, and then anytime something happens to them, I got to say, oh, you know the Mets are going to met and so on and so <laughs> forth. But for the most part, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. But uh, for Thursday, I'm certainly hoping that a lot of Knicks fans in Central Florida have flat tires and can't uh, make it to the game. Or I don't want if, anybody to get hurt, but you know, you come down with the sniffles, you can't make the game, uh-huh. you won't hurt my feelings. Or if they make it to the game, that they witness a third Just straight quiet. loss. Is Just no, quiet. Do they, watch, do they watch and lose. That's or or you for. get blown out, and oh, that would man. be totally fine. But Now I'm yeah. really hoping you have a miserable experience watching this game on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. You never, you never know. You know, yeah. I, I'll be, I'll be tweeting like, I can't believe this is happening again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. But no, in, in all, uh, all seriousness, best of luck. Mm. Uh, beat the heat. I can't stand the heat. I would love for you guys to beat the heat. And, uh, you know, you guys are going to, you know, be in the postseason. So best of luck in the playoffs. Thank you, sir. One more time, a big thank you to Jonathan for coming on today's show and helping me preview this matchup against the Orlando Magic, uh, who deserve our respect despite being fifth in the current Tankathon NBA lottery odds. Uh, they are a feisty team. They have 30 wins this season. So um, Knicks should take care of business. Hopefully they show up ready to play. Um, and look, I hate to be the bearer of bad news to Jonathan, but I uh, am. I think I could safely predict that uh, there will be a lot of Knicks fans at this game. One of which is one of our own here at Knicks Film School. XJ will be in the building tomorrow night. Um, so I guess tonight when you're listening to this. Uh, so... Shout out to XJ. Shout out to all Knicks fans who will be in attendance. Um, I hate to say that they may need you, need you tomorrow night. Uh, again, tonight. What time is it? What day is it? Boy, this has been a crazy week. Um, thank you to everybody for listening. Um, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. Um, John will be on the post game. We will not be doing a playback. Maybe that's the bad juju we have to get rid of. Um, so uh, while it's a casual Thursday, we will... We also did a playback last night because XJ will be at the game uh, on Thursday. So uh, hopefully the Knicks get a W and hopefully it's a happy recap afterwards before three days off uh, from the NBA schedule. Um, But until next time, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the game tonight. And I will speak with you soon. Peace.